Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everybody, Brian Davis here. This is Longhorns Unfiltered after a thoroughly dominating win by 12th ranked Texas, 48-13, winners over Rice. I'm here with Danny Davis and Kirk Bowles. And boys, this was a total thumper from start to finish. Texas uh, got five touchdowns early. The defense was forcing three and outs. Uh, like I said, the offense was you know ringing the register. You got Cameron Dicker hitting a career-long uh, 57-yard field goal out there. Kirk, everything was going right for the Bevos tonight. Must be Rice Week. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they just checked everything off the list. This is the way uh, a top 12 team, if you will, is supposed to play against an inferior opponent that still doesn't have a win in 2019. So, yeah, I thought they played well. Uh, offense, defense, special teams. Played a lot of people. Uh, Zach Shackelford got hurt with his foot. Osai hurt his shoulder. But otherwise, it's, it was largely a perfect night for the Longhorns. Absolutely. And, Danny, uh, you know, I want to ask you about something you picked up on from the very beginning. Uh, you know, you noticed early on that Tom never, never takes the ball. He always defers to the second half. Um, they got the ball and went and scored. And I wanted to ask you, do you think that that was just as much about Tom, like, hey, let's get this thing going and basically get it over with as much as it was anything else? Yeah, I think this was, that was let's set the tone early. Let's get out there. Let's get our offense. The offense was expect. Tom said as much in the postgame press conference that they weren't expecting to play the first stringers that much tonight, so they wanted an extra series in the first half. And also, you know, there's some questions about this defense um, com- coming off LSU, and Tom was a little concerned about uh, Rice coming out here having a long, you know, six, seven-minute drive, and the offense maybe cooling down a little bit on the sideline. So you know, this is the first time, um, I think, set- They'd won 16 coin tosses the past two seasons here. He'd won 15 at um, Houston in his two years there. Taken, he deferred each time. So this was a little bit out of the norm, but it worked out for him. They marched right down the field. Roshan Johnson got a touchdown catch, con- converted some third downs along the way. So it was a, I don't know if it was a gamble, but it was a strategy that worked out for him. Absolutely. And I thought it was interesting what Tom said is that he said, you know, we wanted to give the offense an extra possession. So that's Tom basically admitting we thought that we were going to blow these guys out. So I want to get my guys as much work as possible. Yeah, this wasn't, you know, throughout the week they say you know, all the right things, which they shouldn't. They shouldn't come in. And, you know, just dog on rice um, throughout the week. But you could tell probably behind closed doors and closed doors that they felt this one was going to be away early. You know, put, they were going to put this one away early, and the backups were going to get some runs. So they wanted the first stringers to get as much uh, reps as possible. Absolutely. Let's talk. We'll we'll get into Sam Ellinger and all that real quick. He was twenty three for twenty seven, two seventy nine, and three touchdowns. Jake Smith and had another big night: six catches, seventy five yards, two TDs, including a a fifty three yarder. I think it was running under a really nice Ellinger ball down the seam uh, for a touchdown. But, Kirk, I want to ask you about the running back situation. Keontae Ingram gets five touches on the opening five plays, three runs, two receptions. Let's just focus on that for a second. Do you think Tom wanted to come out and send a message to 26, you know, hey, you're still our guy, let's let's get him going? Yeah, without question. Uh, 
And even Keontae told us afterward that he admitted he was beating himself up. And he said he made a mistake. Mistakes happen. You live and learn. And he put it behind him. And I definitely think they were trying to give him the ball early, show him that they trust him, they believe in him, that their confidence in him has not wavered. And I think that was important. You know, he gets just a sophomore. It's just, you know, three games in his sophomore season. So, uh, you know, they weren't trying to throw anybody under the bus after the LSU game. But I think he took it the hardest because it was just such a glaring error, you know, dropping that pass in the end zone on, on a one uh, score difference in the, in that game. So, um, yeah, I think that was important that he bounced back. Uh, like you said, he got touches first five plays of the game. He ended up with two touchdowns, average 5.7 a carry. I think I think it all worked out well for them. And, and the fact they got Daniel Young, you know, back onto the field and his season debut is helpful. So maybe, you know, running back position as Roshan, you know, is really making some big contributions. It's finally looking a little better at that position. Absolutely. It is looking better. And, you know, Danny, one thing I, I, I thought was very interesting was how uh, we were all interviewing Keontae, but Keandre Coburn comes out of the locker room and started screaming at him, you know, like, hey! And Kirk, yet, Kirk Johnson was back there taking taking his photos. So, yeah. I mean, he, he definitely has the support of his teammates, and we heard that throughout the week. I think it was Colin Johnson on Tuesday, you know, pointed out that, you know, he got up to him and said that I could have done something better. Sam had come up to him and said, that, hey, I could have done something better. It wasn't just on you. So, you know, he has had the support of his teammates, and, you know, that's good because, you know, he, guys like him, guys like Hayden Stearns, those kids are very hard on themselves, a lot harder than they should be for the sophomore. So it's good that those guys in the locker room, the leaders, have their back and are telling them that, you know, this isn't just a one-man show. It takes the entire team to lose and takes the entire team to win. Absolutely. Keontae Ingram, I, I would argue that he is the and I don't know if you, I don't know if self-aware is the right term here, but he is the hardest athlete on himself I have ever may have ever covered because I mean this guy you you want you want to pick him up after after he critiques himself. He comes in in early seasons like I played like garbage last year. He's like yes. you averaged five yards a carry. Man. Yeah. Well, that, that that's fine. And he's like, nope, I, I need to do I need to do better. Which I guess if you're a Texas fan, it's it's nice to see that he's uh, always striving for better. But you know, he could probably give himself a pat on the back every once in a while. Sure. Have you ever seen that, Kirk? Yeah, I have. Nobody jumps out at me right now. But like Danny said, he's passionate and he's driven. Mm-hmm. You know, those are two really strong qualities you want to see in any anybody uh, on your team. So I think uh, I think he has kind of endeared himself to the team and uh, uh, kind of been a stand-up guy. That, and you know, we we would love to if he to come out Monday, mm-hmm. you know, uh, or Saturday night after the LSU game. But he came out today, and obviously things were rosier for him. So I think he definitely bounced back. Absolutely. Let's talk about Jake Smith a little bit. Tonight was our first opportunity to interview him since he has uh, come to Texas. Um, once again, he had six catches for 75 yards, including two touchdowns. He now has three touchdowns on the year. And, you know, Danny, I was just really struck by his poise in the tunnel, and I thought it was very interesting what he said about how he was a, he was worried a little bit about, you know, kind of going up to college, playing college football, but then he realized, hey, this is the same game I've been playing, you know, my whole life. He said football's football, and that took him, you know, a little bit to re- realize, but he realized it pretty early against the Louisiana Tech, and the funny thing about him is, you know, that slot position at Texas is going to produce a lot of points. Cause Absolutely. Jake Smith is the backup, and he is the clear backup in the slot because Devin DuVernay is having such a great season. But, you know, if 
they're both going to be doing that thing. I mean, that is such a weapon. If you're able to you know, sit Devin DuVernay for a series or two to get him some rest, and you can just roll Jake Smith, and he's going 53 yards for a touchdown or you know, catching those, uh, you know, th- that 12-yard touchdown he caught tonight. So, I mean, that slot is going to produce a lot of points this year, and that is just another weapon for Tim Beck and uh, his offensive staff to play with this year. Absolutely. Kirk, we need to talk about the Texas defense. Uh, Tom Stewart is a Harvard graduate transfer, so i got to assume he is as smart as a whip out there. But uh, had a hard time with the Texas Longhorns tonight. 12 of 23 for 179 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Aston Walter was on the receiving end a lot of that. He had had 16 rushing attempts, 69 yards, um, and was – Basically, I thought he was their best offensive threat tonight. But really, there wasn't nothing doing uh, for, for the Rice Owls at all. And I wonder, and I thought about, um, yes, a day away, uh, and Jawan Mitchell had the most tackles. But I thought this was a night for McCulloch. Thought it was a night for Osai. Guys, just get up there, do their thing, and uh, get off the field on third down. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, they weren't facing Joe Burrow. Again, that was obvious because, you know, he only completed uh, 12 passes tonight. Through three quarters, he'd only completed five, and there were very marginal results from that. So, yeah, I, I thought the defensive front, you know, Coburn got his first sack. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Disruptive. He is. He is disruptive, as Tom Herman was. <laughs> Take on Graham. Disruptive. On Monday, they were all over the place. So there were a bunch of wild men out there. So <laughs> I think that get the monkey off them back. Malcolm Roach, you know, played well. But I think getting some actual disruption that does show up in the stat sheet, I think that'll be important for the defensive line going forward. And, and boys, you know, we want to wrap this up here, put a bow on, on this one. But it seems to me that, that you could not have asked – for a better clearing mechanism, if you will, for Texas going into what I think, I, in, in my game story, I called it a nine-game survivor series because that, that's what this is. Danny, we've, we've, been, we've been seeing these other Big 12 scores. Um, every team looks pretty good. Even Kansas is winning right now. And so my question to both of you is, do you think Texas accomplished what they wanted to in non-conference? Uh, granted, they would have liked to have three wins, but do you think that they got what they wanted done and they are as in good a shape as they could be starting with Oklahoma State next week? I think I think so. I mean, they won the two games they were supposed to win. They won them handily, which was not something that happened last year. Obviously, losing to Maryland and squeezing by Tulsa, if anyone remembers that seven-point game. You know, the LSU one was a toss-up. Um, they weren't favored to win, and LSU was obviously a really good team. So, I mean, I think 2 and one's a good start. Um, I think going into conference play on the heels of a, a pretty decisive victory is a, is a good thing. And, you know, like you said, this conference is not going to be a joke. They're going to be tested next week, and we're going to find find out once again where this Texas team is because Oklahoma State has every reason to think that they can win this game because they have been beating Texas rather regu- regularly over the past uh, you know decade or so. Absolutely. Kirk? Yeah, well, Oklahoma State has won five straight in, in Austin. And that it, is shocking. It is. And, that is shocking. And the average is like 12 points, so some of them haven't been that close. So uh, Oklahoma State has definitely had their number. And as Danny was saying, this was a good buffer between LSU and Oklahoma State and the start of Big 12 play because this is a confidence boost. And I think some people might go, come on, it was Rice. They're 0-3. They've beaten them 
42 out of 43 games, granted. But I think if they were going straight off the LSU game into an Oklahoma State game where Spencer Sanders can score and the secondary was kind of beat up, they wouldn't quite have that same confidence. So I think I really wouldn't minimize this game as far as kind of bolstering their confidence. They do get them at home. And like like I said, there's been a thorn in their side. So, uh, you know, it makes me wonder, even though Oklahoma's won this league four years in a row, you know, maybe this is the year where, you know, nobody goes undefeated. Maybe there's some ties, one-loss teams. So uh, everybody's going to have to be uh, on their uh, – P's and Q's every game in the Big 12 because they're 22-4 and four, pending the outcome of the Texas Tech Ooh, game tonight. E-ha. Yeah, maybe the Big 12 is for real. Could be. Yeah, the, To me, the, the, biggest, the biggest thing about these first three games is that you know, this is why they schedule it this way, right? Sure. To have an easy game, the glamour game, and then the easy game before Big 12 play. This is exactly why, if you're an AD, you set it up this way. Yeah, you don't want that easy game right out of the gate. Right. You play LSU the second week, and now you have a chance to recover from that. And you're not quite as beat up either. Right. So, because they played a lot of folks, they had eleven receivers, you know, today, and they and they got some new weapons. Dicker, the kicker, you know, kicks one almost sixty yards. Deshaun Jameson runs back at kickoff. So, I think their confidence is soaring right now. Danny, any final thoughts before the stadium crew blows us out of here? Um, I'm just sorry for all you Texas fans who decided to give Rice those points. <laughs> You mean there was you mean there was someone in the desert that was keeping a close eye on tabs this game? Uh, Deshaun Jameson made a lot of friends and a lot of enemies. He made a lot of friends in the last in the last minute. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, that's going to do it from here. Twelfth uh, ranked Texas again, forty eight thirteen winners over Rice. The Longhorns are two and one going into next week's Big Twelve opener at uh, it'll be at Royal Memorial Stadium and it will be against Mike Gundy and the Oklahoma State Cowboys. So for Danny Davis and Kirk Bowles, uh, I'm Brian Davis. This has been Longhorns Unfiltered and we will see you next time. Bye.